so glad you could join us for mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. Well, uh, I'm going to pray for our time together in God's word this morning, but also want to pray there's a number of people in the life of our uh, family, church family that are unwell and um, maybe joining us online, I don't know, but uh, they don't need to hear the words. God hears the words as we pray. We're going to ask God um, to heal them. We'll ask, not tell. Uh, and that is, you know, I think it's valuable um, what they shared to, to realise um, to come humbly before the Lord. Um, going to pray for our time in, our wor- in the Word. Going to pray for those who are unwell. Um, and um, then we'll jump in. So Father, um, we lift up those of our church family that are unwell this morning. Uh, thank you that... Uh, Uh, you have uh, healed me, that you've made me well uh, from my sickness of the last week, and that's all clear now. So I thank you for that. We pray for others who are unwell or um, experiencing long-term illnesses that they're they're continuing to wrestle with. We ask in the name of Jesus uh, that you would make them well, that you'd restore their strength, that they would soar on wings like eagles, that they'd be able to gather again afresh with the church, Lord. Uh, and worship you, uh, not just with digital means, but that we could be able to be able to gather together and encourage one another. Yeah, Father, we pray for our time and guided by your word this morning. I pray that my words would be um, what you would want us to hear. I pray that anything that I share that is not of you and just of me, Lord, I pray that that would fall on deaf ears. But all that is from you this morning, I pray, uh, that would find uh, fertile soil in our hearts and minds, um, that would bear fruit in our lives uh, and in the life of this church. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. <clears throat> um, I did put that image, sorry David, in the Dropbox on there, but I did forget to tell you about that as well. So if you find that, that's good. There's nothing, uh, we know, I don't need it this morning. Um, but we can put it out there. Um, but we are beginning a series this morning uh, called Navigating Change. Um, and so I thought that was appropriate. This is my last uh, series as the pastor of the church. Uh, and, and so I wanted to touch on Navigating Change. So we're going to be talking about this over the, the next four weeks. Uh, and so part of the backdrop of this is, my, is the coming uh, change in the church as I conclude my role as the pastor. That's, that's a coming change for the church. And so that's part of the backdrop that we're going to be uh, speaking into over this next four weeks. But I also want to uh, speak uh, in a way that's relevant um, to other areas of change in our life because change is inevitable. Uh, change happens all the time. We've had a change in uh, government uh, overnight. Um, and it won't be the last time that changes. Um, you know, there's an election every three years, and eventually, uh, no matter how long a run gets on, it, it changes. We've got a state election next year. Governments change. Jesus' government doesn't change, but human governments change. Um, change is inevitable. We change jobs, we change roles. There's changing seasons as, as loved ones pass away, um, as, as we meet new friends and new people. Not all change is negative. Uh, some love change, some detest change. There's kind of the spectrum from any kind of change is as good as a holiday to if I can just, you know, contain life to be exactly the same, like 
Some people's uh, ideal life is Groundhog Day. You know, if I could wake up and it be exactly the same every day, that's good for me. Uh, and so we're all on a spectrum between those things. And so though my conclusion of my ministry is part of the change that this is speaking to the context of, uh, this is about uh, navigating change in life. And so I want you to think about one of the most significant changes you've navigated in your life so far. Just take a moment to call to mind, you know, you don't have to shout it out or it's not a competition of who's experienced the biggest change, we're not, we're not doing that, but I just want you to call to mind and think about a significant change <clears throat> that you've experienced in your life so far, like in the past. Um, you might be experiencing a significant one now, but I want you to think about one that's past, one that you've kind of threw the other side of, to have that in mind. And so when I think about that, when I was thinking about that, preparing this message, I thought one of the most significant changes for, for me and for us as a family was moving from Sydney to Yass almost eight years ago. And when I think about that change, the change in itself happened in a day. There was a day that we slept in our house in Sydney and then the next day we slept in our house in Yass. That, that change happened not instantaneously, there's a bit of a drive and there's packing and unpacking that happened, but, but the change itself that, that no longer living in Sydney, now living in Yass, happened in a day. But there was much preparation that led up to that change. You know, there's big piles of garbage that got purged from the house that we didn't see as garbage until we got rid of it, then it was garbage. There was much planning and preparation and finding a home to live in in Yass. There was, of course, the day itself where the truck was loaded and we headed off. But even after that move, the, the change was still happening. That process of transition was still happening. There was a, a time of settling in, of, of continuing to let go of what was and embrace what was now. That, that, time, that took a bit of time. And then ultimately there was a new day and with that kind of change, I, I couldn't pinpoint the exact day that we felt this, but there was a new day eventually where we fully embraced that this is home, that, uh, that Yas was now a home and we felt anchored here and that we belonged here. And, and so what I'm trying to say is that change sometimes feels like it happens in a moment, but there's a whole process around that, whether we know what it's or not. And so in, in the title of the, the series, we've used two different words that relate to change. We've called it navigating change Lessons on transition from the story of Noah. Now, change and transition, they kind of mean similar things, but for our understanding as we plod forward through the next four weeks, I want us to think of change as what's going to be different. Change is the tangible, external thing that's different, and it's often quick, <coughs> and it's often definitive. Change isn't always quick and definitive, but it often is, and that's the... We no longer live in, uh, in Sydney, we now live in Yass. That's, that's the change. But transition, I want us to think of that as how we navigate that change. And so transition is more process-focused. It, it includes those eternal elements of emotions, of, of spiritual dynamics, of, 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 of psychology, of, 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 of journeying through. And so the change is what's different. The transition is what we have control over processing through. And so it's essentially the way that we navigate the change. 
And so change is an inevitable aspect of life. There's a change coming for the church. There's changes in our lives uh, that happen. But what I want us to glean is not so much about, you know, whether change is happening or not, but is to glean lessons on transition, on how we can journey through and navigate that uh, change that's happening in our lives. And so we're going to glean these lessons from the story of Noah that Alex read the first part of it for us this morning. And of course, this is a story of significant change. The overview of that story is uh, that the, the world was full of violence and wickedness and God decided it was time to hit the reset button. That, that there was so much violence on the earth that God decided it would be better to put an end to all of it, but to preserve a remnant for a new day, for a new covenant. And so it's a story of significant change, but it's also a story of navigating through that transition. And it gives us insight onto how we can navigate change. It gives us insight into four kind of stages of the process that we're going to pick up over the next four weeks. And that is the, the stage of preparation. The second thing is the stage of the critical moment of change. In, in this moment, it's in Noah's story, it's surviving the storm. The third thing is that drifting between the old and the new. In the story of Noah's ark, there's the storm for 40 days and nights. But then they drift upon the water for a substantial period of time between the old world and the new day that they're going to live in. And then ultimately there is that new day, that new moment of freshness. And so we're going to pick up one of those aspects over the next four weeks each week. Um, but this morning I want to just encourage us before we jump into preparation that God is with us each step of the way. That might look different in each step of the process, but God is with us in the preparation, he's with us in the storm, he's with us in the drifting, and he's certainly with us in the new day. And so it's important to think about where are we in the process. If, if you're experiencing a, a significant change in your life at the moment, it's important to think about where am I in the process so that you know how to navigate that stage of the process. So, for Yas Community Baptist Church, we're in the preparation for change to come. But where are you in your transitions at the moment? And so today we're going to touch on that idea of preparation. The, the, the bit before the storm, the, the bit before everything changes for Noah. And we want to glean some lessons about how do we function in this space of transition, whether it's about the church's transition that's coming, whether you're changing a job, whether you're, you've got some things on the horizon that you think might be going to change, or whether there's a change coming for your life and God's the only one that knows about it, we're going to focus on, well, how do we prepare for change? And so the first thing I want to highlight about Noah in this story is the phrase, Noah walked faithfully with God. Because when we think of Noah, we think of the ark. If I asked you to, you know, if I 
handed out crayons this morning and pieces of paper and I said, draw a picture of Noah, uh, I'm sure that the, the, the thing that you would put on the page to identify uh, to everybody else, unless you're a great artist and we're really good with drawing uh, lush beards, because of course Noah had a lush beard, I don't know why, but, but um, unless you're really good at you know, other aspects of drawing, the, the, the way that you would <coughs> identify that this was Noah on the page would be you'd draw an ark, I imagine. At least I would. But Noah lived a long and full life before the ark ever came into his story. Let me remind you of that. In, in uh, Genesis chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, it says, This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. He walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham and Japheth. And so long before the ark... Noah walked faithfully with God. And this is what prepared him for the change that was coming to the world above all else. The ark was the vessel that preserved him through the storm. But what put him in the place of being in the ark, of being prepared for the change, was that he walked faithfully with God. This is why he was prepared. And so for us, sometimes we might know that change is coming. Noah was warned by God very explicitly that he's going to flood the earth. And so there might be times where, where God prompts us, either with an audible voice, with, with, with some kind of sense of instruction, or, or, or just an internal sense that you feel like a change is coming. Um, sometimes God will prompt us, but sometimes we might not know that change is coming. But the thing from Noah's story that I want us to grab is that when we walk faithfully with God, he will prepare us for change because he knows it's coming. And so when God knows a change is coming, if we walk faithfully with him, even if we don't know that something's about to change, he will prepare us for that change. When we walk faithfully with God, he's faithful to prepare us for what's ahead. And so sometimes we know that God is doing that. Sometimes, you know, I, I, I felt led into pastoral ministry. And so part of that leading was God preparing me through Bible college. And that, that was kind of a, a something that I was aware of. But there's been other aspects of my life that God has led me to in. And, it, and it's only afterwards that I go, oh, that thing that happened way back then that I thought, what was that all about? makes a whole lot of sense for right now. And I'm sure you've had those experiences that when you have walked faithfully with God, He's used things, good things, bad things, and everything in between to prepare you for the changes that are about to happen in your life to come. The thing is, we don't need to know what's about to happen. We need to live as Noah did, faithfully with God. In Genesis chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, the next two verses remind us of how countercultural Noah's faithfulness was. It says, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. And so Noah didn't walk faithfully with God because it was the easy option. He didn't walk faithfully with God because... It was just going with the flow of culture. He lived out what Paul talks about in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He lived out not conforming to the ways of the world, 
but being transformed by God. About seeking God's will first, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And, and so that is what prepared Noah for the, the um, astounding change that was about to come upon the earth. <coughs> that he walked against the flow of culture. That he didn't conform to the world around him. That he sought first the will of God, that he walked faithfully with him. And so the most important thing for us to focus on when it comes to change is our relationship with the Lord, to focus on walking faithfully with God. Don't get distracted by external circumstances. Don't conform to the ways of the world, but to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Because he is the one who makes a way. He is the one who prepares us for what's ahead and so lesson number one on transition from the story of Noah is walk faithfully with the Lord <coughs> it might seem like a bland kind of point you might have uh, been thinking oh there's going to be some real things and nuggets in this story that are so kind of outside of my understanding but but when it comes to life with God, it's the simple things that are the most profound. Noah was prepared for the flood, not because of the ark, but because he walked faithfully with the Lord and that put him in the place to be, you're the guy that's going to get, build an ark. And so lesson number one for us is to simply walk faithfully with the Lord. And the second thing I want to highlight from this, this passage this morning about this preparation phase uh, for, for change is that Noah did everything just as God commanded him. God gave Noah some reasonably specific instructions on how to build an ark. And, and so in Genesis chapter 6.22, at the end of the passage we read today, it says, Noah did everything as God commanded him. And so Noah didn't just have an inner faithfulness. He didn't just kind of live out this attitude of faithfulness to God. He, he did everything that God commanded him. He put into action his faithfulness. And so it wouldn't have worked for Noah if he's like, yeah, I trust in the Lord, um, but the whole ark thing seems a little bit weird, so I'm not going to do that. But I, I trust God will save me. It kind of reminds me of that. It's a bit of a dad joke level story, so I apologise for that up front, but of, of the person who uh, was on the roof of their house in a flood, and this is not a story from the recent floods, this is an older one. <laughs> the person who was on the roof of the house uh, in, in a flood and, and they were praying for God to save them and, and a boat came along uh, and said, ah, you know, I'm here to save you. And the, and the person on the top of the house said, no, 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 I don't need a boat. I've prayed that God will save me. And so the boat was like, okay, whatever, and took off. Uh, and, and then so the person kept praying, please God, save me from this flood. And then a helicopter came along and they winched someone down and they said, I'm here to save you. And um, the person said, I don't need your help because I trust in God's going to save me because I've prayed to him. And, and so this is not a rejection of supernatural deliverance in any, any means, but it kind of connects with the Noah story. That if we reject the practical outworking of our faithfulness, then we're not really been faithful. Noah had a, not just a faithful attitude. He did what God commanded him and built an ark. 
it would have taken quite a bit of time. Some estimates say it might have taken him 50 years to build this ark. Whether that's true or not, it's a bit hard to tell. With a distance of thousands and thousands and thousands of years, it's hard to tell exact time frames with things like that. But it would have taken him a substantial amount of time to live out his faithfulness. He did everything as God commanded him. He didn't reject the practical outworking of his faith. Walking faithfully with the Lord flowed into radical obedience. I want to highlight that that Noah didn't live under the law. Noah came before the law. This is what Paul highlights in some of his New Testament writings, that, that the promise God gave to Noah came before the law that he gave Um, He gave the promise to Abraham as well before the law that he gave through Moses. And so Noah is living here uh, under grace, we could say, not under law, but yet he lived out radical obedience to what God had told him. And, And so we need to separate for ourselves the idea of being radically obedient to God and the idea of legalism. Legalism is, if I do these things, God will be pleased with me. Radical obedience is God is pleased with me for us through the work of Jesus Christ and so I'm going to radically obey all that he's commanded me to do. And I'm calling it radical obedience because doing everything God commands us to do sometimes makes us look silly in the eyes of those around us. Building a giant floating vessel on dry land for many years would have made Noah look a little bit crazy. And so like Noah, we need to trust God that he knows what is coming and he knows how to prepare us, even if it seems crazy. If God says to build an ark, as crazy as that looks to everybody else, the wisest thing to do is to build an ark. Now how this plays out in our our lives sometimes can look a lot like Noah. Not in the whole full building giant water vessel thing, but, but I remember, and I'm sure they don't mind me sharing it because they've shared it time and time before, I, I remember the testimony of the Glasses family where they were living happily in their home and they felt compelled by God that they should pack their bags because they were going to move. They didn't know where to, but they packed their bags and then the instruction came and they were moved into a place where God had them in ministry. And that, that kind of instruction came through a dream, I believe, wasn't it, Neil, or just an impression just a strong impression from God that despite being comfortable and happy in their home and having no reason to move at that point of time, as far as they knew, that God was saying to them, pack your bags. And so sometimes it does look like that. And I'm sure uh, if their neighbours came around and said, what are you doing? Oh, we're packing our bags. Where are you going? Oh, we don't know. When are you going? Oh, we don't know. They would have seemed crazy. But it was the wisest thing to do because they were ready to go when the call came. And so sometimes it might not look like a giant ark, but it looks kind of similar. Other times, it looks like just living out the regular things of radical obedience to God. It's not just in the stuff that seems big and crazy. To prepare ourselves for for change, to to be prepared for transition, looks like radical, active obedience in our day-to-day faithfulness to God in what He's already said. That looks like radical obedience in our gathering together. 
It looks like radical obedience in our giving, radical obedience in our praying, radical obedience in our serving, radical obedience in the aspects of our life that, that Jesus has already identified as important. Radical obedience in our seeking to make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. We've already got so much instruction from the Lord that, that being prepared for change to come there's already a lot to be radically obedient about. It also looks like radical obedience in doing the wise things to prepare for change that we know are coming. And so we should certainly be listening to God's voice if he's saying, pack your bags. But he also guides us with wisdom from within. And so being prepared for change is using the brain that God has given us. And so sometimes that leading will come through how he's given us wisdom to reason things out. That's why the search team, uh, as far as I understand, they didn't get a, a direct sense of a word from God, thou shalt start a search team. But they, they heard that I was moving on and the, and the leaders of the church established the search team because they're wise. We met this week. Um, I facilitated a conversation with our elders, our deacons, our staff, so that we could have the best shot at being prepared as a church for that season between when I finished and when a new pastor starts, whenever that will be. That's, that's been radically obedient to use the wisdom that God has given us to prepare ourselves for change. And so my question for you is whether, whether it's about the change that's coming for the church or, or, or well, I do want you to think about that, but I also want you to think about changes that might be happening in your own life or, or things that are coming up or, 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 as I've already been going over and over again, maybe you don't know what's happening. I want you to think about what does radical obedience to God look like for you now? What does radical obedience look like for this church as we prepare for a, a change in the life of the church with a, a changing of pastors? What does radical obedience look like for you as an individual, as a part of this church? What does living out that faithfulness to God actively look like for you? I want to encourage us that God is with us in every part of the transition journey. God knows what's ahead. He knows what's ahead for you. He knows what's ahead for Yas Community Baptist Church. And so God is with us in the preparing of us. And I don't believe that that began when I felt called into a different role, I believe that that began well before that, that God was preparing the church for a change that was coming. And I believe that God is with whoever's going to come and lead the church. And that didn't just begin when our job ad went up. God has been preparing them uh, for what's to come. And God's been preparing you. God is with us as we approach change. And so I want to encourage us that our focus then is that we walk faithfully with God and that we give that action through radical obedience. I trust that the Holy Spirit can impress on each of us. And I'm going to ask that in a moment as we pray and as we worship, our team can start coming up this morning. I'm going to ask that the Holy Spirit would impress on each of us what does faithfulness and radical obedience look like in this season?
Next week we're going to uh, touch on the critical moment of change. The moment you get in the moving truck and head off down the highway. The moment the rain begins to fall. And God is with us there as well. But in this moment, I want us to think about how is God preparing us as we walk out faithfully, as we're obedient to him? What are the things that he's telling us to do? So, Heavenly Father, I, I pray a prayer of thanks that just as you prepared Noah through his faithfulness and through his obedience to you, just as you prepared him for the storm that was to come, I want to give thanks that you have prepared us, that throughout all our life you have been faithful, that you have had us prepared for the changes that we face. Whether we've felt prepared or not, you've given us what we've needed to endure the storm. So I pray this morning that as a church, as we draw nearer to a significant change for the church family, and as we contemplate perhaps other changes that are happening in the midst of our lives, we, we pray that you would prepare us now. We thank you for what you're already doing. And so I pray that the Holy Spirit would impress upon each of us now what it looks like to simply walk faithfully with you this morning. And not just for this morning, but for the rest of our lives. Show, it what, show us what it looks like in our hearts and our minds to walk faithfully with you. Shift our attitudes, change our perspectives, help us to not conform to the thoughts and the attitudes of the world around us, but that we, like Noah, would be those who walk faithfully with the Lord, even in the moments where the world has gone to corruption and violence. And Father, we pray as well that the Holy Spirit would impress upon each of us what it looks like to live out radical obedience to do the things that you call us to do whether they be the simple day-to-day -day things of living out your word or whether they be the things uh, that you press upon us in a particular season that might seem a bit crazy like building a big boat or packing our bags with nowhere yet to go Lord I pray that you would impress upon us what radical obedience you're calling us into in this season. What steps of faith you're drawing us into. And so I pray this morning that you help us to know your presence, know your preparation of us, so that we might not fear the change that is to come. In Jesus' almighty name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. 
As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.